Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Players to be Named Later podcast. I'm Ed, that's Dan. Say hi, Dan. I don't want to. Dan is not feeling very well. Also not doing very well are my picks, as once again, I did not have a great week, Dan. For the first time, something happened. Congratulations, you lost your survivor. How do you feel about that? I, Looking back on it, I don't know why I just didn't take Baltimore, like just to keep the streak going. Mm. Uh, it's a regret. Well, the thing about regrets is we get to do them all over again. Let's start by, let's just jump right in, shall we? Let's jump right in. The Buffalo Bills. Well, they won 24 to 18 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They improved to five and three. The Bucks fall to three and four. Uh, Dan, you want to talk about this one? I don't. Buffalo shouldn't have won this football game. Yeah, Buffalo still doesn't look right. Um at all if we're being completely honest this is a very weird season for them there's i mean looking at the box score there's not much to say i hit a nice six leg same game parlay on this with the last catch by mike evans um but i mean Diggs looks like he had a little bit of a bounce back game nine for 70 josh allen looked good baker didn't look terrible uh and honestly Tampa Bay is looking better, in my opinion, with what they're doing with Rasheed White out of the backfield. Uh-huh. Seven for 70 through the air. They're using that short pass game as uh, as their running game as well now. So I think that's going to get a little bit better. And I think they're obviously still alive in this division as well, only sitting one game out. So Right. Well, that would be one of the few games we both picked correctly. Is we Neither of us had a very great week. I finished 10 and 7 thanks to another loss of the bonus point. Dan lost his first bonus point, although only – Picking incorrectly four times, he fell to 12 and 5, and now has an eight-game lead over me. Let's move along. Let's go into Sunday, 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 and the New York Jets and the New York Giants. From what I heard on, granted, this was NHL.com radio, set the game of football back 50 years with this contest. As the Jets improved to four and three, the Giants fall to two and six. How long until Brian Dables fired with the Giants? It's got to be at the end of this year, yes. Does he get another no, year? No, I don't. I think he gets another year. Either There's way, Greg's no injury riddled. It's not funny. Graham Gano had a field goal of 31. Greg Zerline hit from 33 and 35 as neither team could find the touchdown from the red zone. Although Tommy DeVito, who I guess will be the new star for the Giants going forward, was from six yards out. Brees Hall caught a 50 yard pass from Zach Wilson. This game kind of sucked. It went to overtime thanks to a Greg Zerline 35-yard field goal at the end of regulation. Zerline wound up ending it with the 33-yarder. Uh, Zach Wilson, 17 for 36, 240. A touchdown, no interceptions, four sacks, which is not good if you're the Jets for a, a team that's already missing one quarterback. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, four for seven for eight yards, didn't look good. Tommy DeVito, two for seven for a negative one yard as the running attack was the main course of action for the Giants here. Um, The only real notable thing, other than Saquon Barkley rushing the football 36 times for 128 yards, and maybe Garrett Wilson going seven for a hundo, did you see before this game Aaron Rodgers dropping back and throwing passes? If they're in the playoff hunt, Aaron Rodgers plays again this year. That's terrifying. 
there's nothing really much to say here. I mean, other he's than fact- literally defying everything. Like we're gonna yeah. talk about it. I mean, I'll bring that up when we get to the next point. So I won't. I won't say uh, the Jets covered this one. Did go under like everybody anticipated it to. The Jets were minus three going into this one. That's really all we have to say about this game. There is nothing here that we need to like just talk about. Um, we can talk about how despicable New York fans are. Considering I know you didn't get to watch most of this one, but that stadium looked. Uh, I would compare it to an Oakland Athletics game is what I would compare it to when it came to fans in the stands. Now, it wasn't rainy or anything. It was 52 degrees, 89% humidity. Oh, no, the weather was shit. The was it was really? Shit. It was shit, but but it's it's still like New York has the best fans, blah, 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 and No, 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 no. You see, New York has the best fans when New York teams are winning. Right, I know, but you you get what I'm trying to say here. Absolutely. Let's talk about a game that me and you both relish, the Jacksonville Jaguars. By the way, I picked the Giants. Dan picked the Jets. He was right. I was wrong. Big deal. The Jacksonville Jaguars, 20. They improved to 6-2. and two. The Pittsburgh Steelers, 10. They fall to 4-3. and three. God, do I hate Mike Tomlin. Matt, I love Matt Canada because he is doing everything he can to stifle the Pittsburgh offense. Um, Pittsburgh, once again, does not get over 400 yards. This is like the 54th game in a row in which they do not eclipse 400 total offensive yards. They weren't even close at 261. Um, George Pickens did George Pickens things and had a few amazing catches. How about Brandon McManus kicking two 50-yard field goals in Pittsburgh, which is I don't think that's ever been done, or if it has been done, it's very rare. Uh, Travis Etienne had to, caught a 56-yard pass from Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville looked good. Jacksonville, I mean, Jacksonville they, looks they look good. good. They're 4-0 and on the road, 2-2 two and two at home. Um, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's getting healthy. ETN looks like he's a top five back in the league right now. Um, Calvin Ridley starting to come alive. Let's see if this continues. He seems to be a roller coaster ride this uh-huh. season. Um, but he's got to turn it around. Uh, Deontay Johnson is something to mention because he did just come back off of IR last week. They eased him in. And then this week he, he got peppered with targets mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, he also had one of the best cornerback matchups in the, one of the best corner matchups for a wide receiver coming into it. And George Pickens was just nothing. Oh yeah. George Pickens. Uh, I mean, he made, he made some great plays, but He's still George Pickens. He's going to come around, provided he has a quarterback that can throw him the football, and maybe it's going to be Mitch Trubisky. As Kenny Pickett left this one with a rib, collarbone, shoulder, something, upper body injury. Uh, Mitch Trubisky came in, went 15 for 27 for 138 at TD, and two costly interceptions that really hampered the Steelers going forward. Did you know that Jacksonville hasn't lost the road game since week 14 of last year? That's very interesting. Include, and that's counting both games in – they haven't lost the game – away from Jacksonville. So that includes the foreign games this year, both of them, which I think technically one of them was a, uh, was a home game. A, uh, yeah. So. so they lost the, they lost the home game. Oh, did London, they? Okay. But, so, but won the road game. So there's, there's this no, I, I had that confused. Either way, whatever it is. I mean, they're four yeah. and oh on the road right now. So, so, so clearly they lost the home one at home. Also, I forgot to mention did you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have never won in Buffalo, ever? That's very, I mean, ever. that's interesting because that Buffalo team was bad for a while. So, but at that same time, so is Tampa Bay. True. Uh, let's move along. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, thirty-eight to Washington Commanders, thirty-one, and Washington off the heels of that loss. And we'll talk about that in our next show. 
traded some guys away, giving up on their season. The Eagles improved to seven and one. Uh, that this was a great game. This is a really great game. A lot Something of back just and forth still here. doesn't look right with Philly. I'm not sure what you're talking about because it seemed like they fired on all cylinders. 319 through the air. I mean, only 59 I mean, on the ground, but a score. Their defense, their, it, it may be their defense. It did look porous. 39 for 52, 397, four TDs for Washington, and 84 yards on the ground. They gave up 472 yards of total offense and only forced I mean, one turnover. I also think Jalen is hurting. Twenty-nine uh, for thirty-eight, three nineteen, four TDs, two sacks, only a negative four yards. He added four rushes for six yards on the ground, and he did turn the football over with a fumble lost. Uh, but he was able to find AJ Brown, eight for eight for one hundred thirty yards and two scores. Devontae Smith. So between Brown and Smith, they went fifteen targets, fifteen catches, a hundred and or, I'm sorry, two hundred twenty-nine yards and three touchdowns. That's making your stars work for you. Uh, Julio Jones, one catch, eight yards, but it was a touchdown catch. Are they still working him in there? Is this something that we're going to see more going forward, or is Julio Jones washed? I think Julio Jones is is a big body target for them down at the red zone, and I think that's where about he's at in his career. So, Mm -hmm. And if that's his role, I think it's a good role for him, to be quite honest. Fair enough. Sam Howell, 39 for 52, 397, four TDs, a pick, and a sack. He added 11 yards on the ground. Uh, Jahan Dotson, eight catches, 108 and a score. Jamison Crowder, seven for 95 and a score. A good fantasy day for Crowder, which has been few and far between here lately. Maybe something to look at going forward. Let's move along. Let's go to the Rams and Dallas. And the Rams got spanked. Cowboys 43, they improved to 5 and 2. The Rams 20, they fall to 3 and 5. This one happened at Jerry's house. Uh is this a case of the Cowboys being good or the Rams just being bad? Uh, I think it's a mixture of both. I think the Rams were a little perf- overperforming in the beginning of the season and I think this Cowboys team plays up against bad teams and just plays what they are against good teams. Dak Prescott, 25 for 31. How about that? 304, four TDs and an interception. So really he only threw five incompletions technically. Uh, He added four yard or four rushes for 19 yards on the ground. Tony Pollard, 12 for 53. Although you're not, I'm I'm surprised with this big of a lead. The Cowboys didn't run the football more. CD lamb, 12 catches, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Dan, I think he's pretty good. He's okay. Is Matt Stafford hurt? Did Matt Stafford get hurt or did he just get pulled? I believe he got hurt actually catching the ball on a two-point conversion. Okay, so Brett Rippon came in after Stafford only threw for 162 yards of TD and a pick. Rippon came in 5 for 10 for 42, and that was it. The Rams still can't run the football. Royce Freeman and Darrell Henderson combined 21 carries for 75 yards, although Freeman did find the end zone. Cooper Cup, 10 targets, 4 catches, 21 yards. That hurt me. Puka Nakua, 7 targets, 3 catches, 43 yards. Yikes. If you're the Rams, you've got to win better than that. You got The only way you're going to win is if those guys have better stat lines. Let's move along. Let's go to Green Bay. 
And the Packers fall to the Vikings 24 to 10. Although the biggest thing coming out of this one is the injury to Kirk Cousins. He is down and out and will be gone for the season after going 23 for 31, 274 and two TDs. He was rolling to his left, I believe, and tore that left Achilles tendon. He's done and has been replaced in Minnesota. Uh, Kudos to the Packers defense for holding Minnesota to almost no rushing yards. They were held to just, well, I got to do the math there, but I'm not, it wasn't a lot. Uh, 31 rushes for 62 yards, so two yards a carry. But uh, Green Bay's offense just isn't there, Dan. It hasn't been, it, it hasn't been there all season. Uh, Jordan Love is not a good quarterback. I think they got their answer. You So Jordan Love just, do you think maybe they're in the uh, Caleb conversation i think they have too many wins currently i think they're gonna get one or two more wins and and that's it i think you gotta be like i literally think you gotta be oh and seven right now or one in six well somewhere in that range there's no team that doesn't have a win carolina got a victory so they not they're the packers are just one game behind carolina for the worst record in the league so i I think this i think this green bay team is bad but i think they're gonna Looking at their schedule the rest of the way, I think they're going to win more games. I mean, they still have a game against the Bears. They still have a game against the Giants. But after the uh, trading deadline, the Bears got better. They got marginally better. Um, I mean, they still play the Panthers as well. And this Green Bay team is definitely better than this Carolina team. So I, I just think the team is too good around them uh, for for it to be that big of a a loss for them. Fair enough. Let's move along. Tennessee 28 improved to three and four. The Atlanta Falcons 23. They fall to four and four. This one was in Nashville at Nissan Stadium. 68,008 people took in this game. It took three hours and 12 minutes. And it wasn't a bad one either. This one was 28 to 16 with 6.55 left after a Nick Westbrook Ekine. Did I say that right? Caught a 33-yard pass from Will Levis, who, by the way, threw four touchdowns on the day, three of them to DeAndre Hopkins from 47, 16, and 61. Dan, I'm going to let you talk about him here in a minute. Young Huku, my favorite kicker, three field goals. Um, I, I watched the end of this one. Tyler Haneke, why hasn't he gone somewhere to be better? Like, if Atlanta's going to stick with the Riddler, and it certainly seems like he was brought in to be their franchise quarterback. I'm really shocked Heineke wasn't traded before. And then Riddler starts putting on the performances he has. Yeah, I have I have no idea. Um, I think Heineke's a better quarterback than at well, least six or seven other starting quarterbacks in the league. To bring this full circle, Today was the trading deadline, and we're going to have a whole other show about all the trades that happened today and some other trades elsewhere. But if you're the Falcons, you could have traded Heineke today to Minnesota, to Pittsburgh, to somewhere else, and gotten a second, maybe even a first, if if the team has a few picks, and just gone with Ritter. Your season's probably not going to be over, given the division you're in, if Ritter keeps being your quarterback. I would have moved him. Um, 
I tend to agree with you, but I think they're uncertain on whether or not if he is the guy, if we're being honest here. Um, just simply because of how how bad Ritter has been and how bad he he plans to probably continue to play. I mean, I'm sure he don't plan on getting better because, well, he hasn't done anything to show us that he's going to get better. Um, on the other side of the ball here, Will Levis threw four touchdown passes, three to DeAndre Hopkins, and all three of them were the same thing. Roll to the right, throw to the left. Roll to the right, throw to the left. Roll to the right, throw to the left. Hmm. How do you let that happen three times? Well, if you're the Atlanta defense, that that I, is probably the worst that I've seen mm-hmm. this defense perform. Because I even said to you last week, I said, this Atlanta defense, I said, this is a good defense against a rookie quarterback. Give me Atlanta. I have a theory on this. That Tennessee sent somebody to Atlanta to watch their games and steal their signs. That's still a thing, right? Like that's illegal in the NFL too? Or is it just filming uh, practices? Or can you I feel, don't believe it's play? I don't believe it's illegal in um in college football though. Oh no, it's very illegal in college football. It's very illegal and it may take down the 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 Michigan Wolverines. We'll talk about that if we have time a little bit later. Um Atlanta's gonna be in this conversation because the division they play is weak. Tennessee is gonna be in this conversation because of Will Levis. Uh, agree or disagree? I'm, we'll disagree. I'm going to disagree. You don't think Will Levis is going to put the Titans in playoff consideration? I think he has a lot more to prove to to prove against than against in one game. I need to see a lot more from him before I'm I'm willing to say anything along those lines. Okay. All right. Let's move along. Let's go to Hard Rock Stadium, Miami. The Dolphins 31, the Patriots 17. I'm going to say something here. Mike McDaniel is the is the next star head coach in the NFL. The way he treats everybody. Man, you're really going out on the limb there. Uh, no, I, I mean, he's the next Bill Belichick. He's the next guy when people say unequivocally he's, the, he's going to be the best head coach for the next 20 years. It's going to be Mike McDaniel. You know, people thought it was going to be Sean McVay. People thought it was going to be um, that guy that's screwing up in Green Bay. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan's obviously that's your buddy. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan's obviously going to be in that mix as well. But the way McDaniel handles himself and the way McDaniel handles the officials with the respect he does and all these video coming out, he's he's going to be a star. And Bill Belichick, this is his last season in New England. I mean, that's a hot take, but okay. He's going to retire. I, I don't see why he would suffer through another year of Mac Jones or whatever quarterback that, you know, what seven and 10 to... is going to get them or six and 11 is going to get them. I don't know if they win that many. I don't know if they win that many more games. The Be- the Belichickian factor is going to win them at least two or three more. I mean, but even that they have realistically just look glancing at it. They have. Two more games that I could see them winning. And when I tell you both the teams, you're going to say, oh, I could see them losing that. The Giants and the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, maybe they do finish and get a good quarterback, but I don't see Belichick wanting but to. They put also two. have the commanders this week. So I don't see Belichick point. wanting to put two, three, four more years into a quarterback and it not panning out and looking worse than what he did. Because there's already people talking about it now that Belichick 
only has the stats that he does as a head coach because of Tom Brady. Because you look, if you look at the years that Tom Brady wasn't his quarterback, he wasn't very, he hasn't been an excellent coach. He's been yeah, mid. I don't, I don't know about all that. His time man. in I Cleveland mean... wasn't great. Wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. I mean, the bat, the worst, the, 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 the last year in Cleveland, which the team was moving, it's an anomaly, it's whatever. But you look at his, uh, the one year he had Jimmy G instead of Tom Brady when Brady's was hurt was great. But look at what he's done since Brady's left. I mean, look, you have a you have a point. Everybody has a point when they say that. But also, is Brady what he is without Belichick? You you can't say one without the other. Oh no no no! I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying Brady has won outside of New England. Belichick hasn't had the same success. You're, That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, Tua had himself a two a day, 40, or I'm sorry, 30 for 45, 324, three TDs, a pick, two sacks. Um, Raheem Mostert, only 46 yards, but a score. Um, Jalen Waddle, seven for 21 and a score. Tyreek Hill, eight for 112 and a score. Uh, I heard somebody compare this team to the greatest show on turf if they got a running back. Yay or nay? I mean, I think it's arguable that they just have the RBBC. I, I mean, I, I think that's comparable, if I'm being honest. Do you remember? Not, I mean, because I grew up in St. Louis with the greatest show. You're going to be biased. You're going to be Absolutely, biased. Absolutely, I'm going to be biased. They have, they have a, two better wide receivers than what Holt and Bruce were. And that's saying a lot, given both of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. That If they were to get somebody like Alvin Kamara... That would cement it as them being I a, mean, an equal to better offense. Here's the other thing you got to think about, too, though. They also have Devin Chain that's going to come back and think about what he did before he got injured. That's it. That's the guy. Next year, if all four of these guys are healthy, all if year. If Tyreek Hill still plays. All four of these guys are healthy and play all year, plus Chase Claypool. If he can work his way into it, that's going to be scary. Let's move along. We spent enough time talking about the Patriots. The New Orleans Saints spank the Indianapolis Colts 38 to 27 at Lucas Oil Stadium. They improved to 4 and 4. The Colts dropped 2, 3, and 5. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of this New Orleans team, man. It seems like one one week they are on fire, the next week they are not. Uh, 511 yards of total offense. Just Derek Carr went 19 for 27 for 310 and two TDs. Taysom Hill had a 44-yard pass. Uh, running back by committee with Hill getting 63 yards and nine carries. Kamara, 17 carries for 59 yards and a score. Four catches for 51 yards and a score. Um, you know, you had 40 yards from Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller. Raheed Shahid... Rashid, Rashid Shahid. Shahid. You know what I'm saying. Three catches for 153 yards and a score. I believe all three of them were right at 50 yards. So just ridiculous. Um, Minshew Mania is over. He is a backup quarterback. Yeah, 100%. There's, there. I mean, that was never a doubt in my mind. 
But uh, Jonathan Taylor, 12 for 95. Zach Moss, 11 for 66 in the score. Maybe is Indianapolis just going to run the football? Like, that's how they have to play, right? I feel like you have to. I mean, I feel like John, it's so weird because you look at these numbers, right? Like, you look at these receiver numbers, and he only threw for 213 yards, but you look at Pittman and Downs, and those guys put up very capable numbers. And same thing with Moss and Taylor. This was a very interesting game. I ended up watching part of this game. Uh, I was bouncing all around during the one o'clock window because the Ravens not playing until four. So this was just, ah, it was such a weird one. I mean, that that's really the only way I can describe it. It was such a weird one. Um, Taysom Hill is probably going to go down as the greatest best ball tight end of all time uh, when it comes to best ball fantasy. Absolutely love that guy. You can't call him a tight end. Well, that's his that's his position on DraftKings for best ball, tight end. That's his position on ESPN for for fantasy, tight end. That's ridiculous. Let's move along. Carolina 15, they get their first win of the year. Congratulations, Frank Reich. Against the Houston Texans, who fall to three and four, scoring only 13 points. This was at Bank of America Stadium, the house that Cam Newton built. Eddie Pinheiro. Field goals from 46, 37, and 23, including the game winner as time expired. C.J. Stroud had a one-yard rush with 35 seconds left to make it 13 to 12. Houston goes for two, misses. And then Carolina does what nobody expected them to do. They take the football over on their own nine-yard line. And then Bryce Young has one of... I'm sorry. I am looking at this. Where am I looking at? I am telling this story very, very wrong. That was, that was in the third quarter with 35 seconds left CJ Stroud to make it 15, 13. You go for two there, right? Yes. Okay. But Carolina still did what nobody expected them to do. And they went on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 yard drive that spanned from the Carolina nine to the Houston five before Pinheiro kicked the field goal with no time left. They took the final 617 off the clock. If Carolina continues, it just I know it's it's an overreaction because of it's one drive. But they converted on fourth and two from the Houston 47 with 321 left. And a fourth and 11 from the Houston 20. There was a penalty, a defensive offsides that got declined because of an unnecessary roughness play that gave them the first down. And then another unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Houston, which was half the distance to the goal that set them up. Just bad. Just so, so bad here. Yeah, this was, I mean, this was very surprising to me, obviously. I had Houston as my survivor. I didn't like it when I picked it, but I picked it anyway. Um, Man, it's just one of those things where it was one of those games, I mean, maybe his Carolina team isn't as bad, but the real question is, is how does Frank Wright have a head coaching job in the NFL after what he did in Indy the past three years, just being such an epic failure? I completely forgot he was their coach, and I've been meaning to bring this up, but I always forget. So he always got that pass, but hands down, one of the worst head coaches in the NFL. Yes, no. Um, he doesn't. He didn't have a lot to work with in either place. 
You know, he had Matt Ryan, who was clearly done last year, and and then that the the cavalcade of quarterbacks he had in Indianapolis, and then he goes to Carolina, who's clearly in a rebuild year after they traded away CMC. I mean, what has Carolina got on offense? It, I mean, they got more than a feeling. Are you uh, proud of that? Man, I am proud of that. You shouldn't be. That was a terrible line. I Let's mean, like, move maybe along. He's, maybe he's not that bad. He's been the head coach for the Panthers and what? Just the Colts, right? And he's got a record of 42, 46, and 1 across six seasons. Doesn't uh, I mean, sound that I, bad. I, I guess it's not terrible. I don't know. I just, uh, let's move on. And let's go to Lumen Field in Seattle. The Seahawks, 24. The Browns, 20. How long are you going to let me talk about this one, buddy? Uh, please go. Because I have a lot to say. Um, the referees, once again, missed an obvious holding call on the nine-yard touchdown pass from Jack- did Jackson Smith Najigba caught from Geno Smith, where you can clearly see the outside receiver just holding the hell out of whatever corner. I believe it was Denzel Ward out there. Uh, yeah, the DK, made, <coughs> DK did that. I, I did see that play. DK Metcalf. The Browns were down 17 to 7 at halftime, thanks to a Jason Myers 32 yard field goal with 59 seconds left. Then Kareem Hunt got in from a yard out, followed by two. Dustin Hopkins chip shot field goals because the Browns can't figure out how to get the football in from the two and the five collectively. Third and three, and we passed the football on a number of occasions on third and short because Kevin Stefanski, I believe, should not be the coach of this football team. And the coach of this football team is Jim Schwartz, and he should be next year because he is the defensive mind that has turned this team to realize their potential on the defensive side of the football. It also helps that you have Miles Garrett, but still. Cleveland should be a lot better than 4-3. and three. They should have won this football game. I have no earthly idea what the hell Kevin Stefanski is doing. I don't know why they traded away, or why they didn't re-sign Jacoby Brissett. How they think that P.J. Walker is going to be a, able to run this offense 13, I'm sorry, 15 for 31, 248, a TD, two interceptions, sacked three times. Yes, he had well, 27 yards on the ground, but you also have to have a better running attack than Kareem Hunt, who only went 14 for 55 and had one yard touchdown run, and then Pierre Strong, 10 for 41. I mean, you're, well, you're going to go running back by committee? If so, fine. You got a good running total there, but you got to do freaking better when you're playing offense. Amari Cooper, six for 89, but he was targeted 11 times, and Walker missed him. Walker was inaccurate most of this game. David Njoku, four catches, 77 yards. He did have a touchdown, but he was missed a lot. Walker also fumbled away the football. Three turnovers. You cannot have that, especially when your defense is making Geno Smith turn the football over twice. Well, to be fair, to be fair. There is no fairness here. I am 100% right on this, but please enlighten me. There were they weren't planning on having PJ Walker run this offense at the beginning of the season, and also they weren't planning to have to re sign Kareem Hunt and have Pierre Strong and Jerome Ford be their running back. It's just it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see mediocrity reign once again, over and over again, because that's what happens in Cleveland. I mean, to me, this is uh, my, my good friend Bobby Roode would have something to say about this. 
as a Ravens fan, this is glorious. Second quarter, two-minute warning, third and three from your own 29-yard line. P.J. Walker throws the football, gets sacked, end of a drive. Have a problem with that play call. Just saying. Third and five from the Seattle nine. P.J. Walker passes the football, misses Amari Cooper. We have to settle for a field goal. Third and 11 from the Seattle 15. You throw a pass to Cooper for only eight yards when it's third and 11. Find the sticks. Why are you running routes before the first down marker? Well, let's uh, let's move on so your blood pressure. Oh, I'm not done. I'm so not done. Fourth quarter, 10.52 left from the Seattle 40, third and four, and Walker passes the football again. Why are you calling a pass play there? That's what they do. That's what coaches do, bud. Third and three, 204 left from the Cleveland 41-yard line. P.J. Walker throws an interception. Third and three from your 41-yard line on your side of the two-minute warning. Run the football. Get it to the two-minute warning. What's the worst that could happen? You punt instead of Seattle getting the football on their own 43-yard line at midfield? And then you can't depend on your defense to make a stop or to use your timeouts correctly. So they go down with 38 seconds left, score the winning touchdown. I have never been more upset at a professional sports team in my life than I have been at the Cleveland Browns. And that's saying a lot, given the fact I've watched the Cardinals piss away talent left and right. That's on the next show. Let's move along. Cincinnati Bengals, 31. The San Francisco 49ers, 17. <laughs> the Bengals improved to 4-3, and three, tying themselves for second with the other three teams in the AFC North. The San Francisco 49ers dropped to 5-3. and three. This one happened at Levi Stadium, and this one, ugh, I didn't like it all. Um, uh, you don't like this because this is exactly what I said on the preview of our show for this game. We both picked San Francisco. I picked San Francisco because, well, San Francisco had two losses, and I didn't think they were going to lose three straight. You picked San Francisco because you think the Bengals were still going to stink. Fuck Joe right Burrow. Exactly. Fuck Joe Burrow. So this is actually scary as both of us being fans of the AFC North because mm-hmm. this team clicked on all cylinders. Burrow mm-hmm. looks healthy. He looks back that he ran. He, I mean, six rushes for 43 yards. Dude, this team looks good. And I'll tell you what, this bye week for San Francisco could not have came at a better time. Oh, That's... and the trade deadline couldn't come at a better time for them either. But just to piggyback on what you said about Burrow, 28 for 32, 283, three touchdowns. You yep. can't get more accurate than that. Joe Mixon, 16 for 87 and a score on the ground. Uh, while the receiving numbers aren't there for anybody except Jamar Chase, who had 10 for 100 and a score. Um, I mean, T. Higgins, 5 for 69. That's 13.8 average. Tyler Boyd, 3 for 40. It's not I big mean, numbers. Listen. It's not the numbers we've seen them put up in the past. I mean, when Burroughs only has to throw for 283 yards and Chase has basically – almost half of them. I mean, there's only so much they can do. A I'm third saying, of them, but, you know, the, your math's the, the wrong. Team, I mean, it, it's less, it's not fully a third. It's pretty, it's just, it, anyway, it's close enough. It's close enough. But it's, uh, I mean, this team just, they look like they're clicking. Mixon is still, Mixon just, I feel like he's been in the league for like 10 years. I know he hasn't, but he just feels like he has been. Um, Man, I, I don't know. I'm worried. I'm 
we both, uh, well, we don't both actually, but this is a big game for Cincinnati coming up this week. When we talk, when we preview that one, that's a, that's a hell of a Sunday night football game. I'll tell you that much. Absolutely. Uh, Brock Purdy may not be the guy that people thought he was in San Francisco. He turned the football over three times. He did throw for 365 yards, but when George Kittle has nine catches for 149 and Brandon Ayuk has five catches for 109 and CMC goes over a hundred yards combined on the ground on 18 touch or on the ground through the year for 18 on 18 touches and two scores. It's kind of easy to look good as a quarterback doing all that. Uh, it definitely is kind of easy. That's, that's one way to say it, but at the same time, just no Debo has really exposed this team. Absolutely. Let's be honest. Um, Debo Samuel this is going to sound stupid because we both always talk about how good he is, but Debo Samuel may be one of the most underrated players in the league with how this team has looked without him. That's Agreed. why I said this, this bye week could not have came at a better time. The San Francisco defense has also been exposed the last three weeks. Yep. Um, they are not as good as we thought. Nowhere near as good as we thought. I mean, they did get better with the trade deadline, but um, let's, let's see how this plays out and what happens <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, I don't really have much else to add from this one, do you? Hot take. Brock Purdy's overrated. Let's move along. I don't know Denver. if it's a hot take anymore. Three weeks ago, it would have been. Denver Broncos, 24. They improved to 3-5. and five. Kansas City Chiefs, 9. They improved to 6-2. and two. The Or, fall to 6-2. and two. The biggest story out of this one is the musical choices of the staff <laughs> at Empower Field at Mile High playing Shake It Off immediately it after the game. Which just that whoever did that uh, needs a raise. Just a, just a uh, big man. Fat you raise. you you know you know whoever did that had that planned in their head all week. Oh, it had been queued up. There was a button that was marked play if W, and you know they were just itching to push it the entire time. Um, man, um, really quickly, on. I'm gonna let you go go over these stats here. But divisional games have just been something that. We can see, I once again, I said last week, this is a game that I could see Denver stealing because it's a divisional uh-huh. game. And yep. I think that's something we got to look into more when we're picking these games and when we're talking about them. And it just, from that standpoint, I mean, Vegas had this line way wrong, obviously. Chiefs were minus seven. I mean, so, and they were on the road. Russell Wilson still didn't look good. He didn't look good. He didn't have to look good, though. He didn't have Mahomes, to. Apparently Mahomes had the flu, um, so uh, yeah, I don't that, know. You know what the definition of greatness is? When Michael Jordan had the flu, he put his team on his back and won and won one of the greatest basketball games of all time. When Patrick Mahomes has the flu, the Chiefs turned the football over five times. Yeah, no, listen, I listen, I I don't disagree with you. There's not really much good to talk about here from either side of the ball, if we're being completely honest. Wilson threw for three TDs, but he only threw for 114 yards. Yeah. So that kind of of tells you something. Um, I mean, like I said, I don't have much to add. If you want to cover any of the stats, by all means, this uh, this is your platform. There's nothing really we need to go over here other than the fact that I don't think Denver won this football game, at least offensively. Den- Denver's defense won this football game, and Kansas City pissed away this football game. This game should have been over at halftime, like we both said it was going to be last week. This yeah. shouldn't have been a game we should be talking about very long. I Kansas mean, even City time of possession, rough. Time of possession wasn't that big of a difference either. 
Uh, Denver had the ball for 33 minutes and 47 seconds, and Kansas City had the ball for 26-13. But still, five turnovers. Five turnovers. That's rough. Let's move on to a game, and I'm glad you're losing your voice because you can't talk about this one. The Baltimore Ravens improved to 6-2, and two, go up two games on the AFC North, everybody else, with a 31-24 victory over the 1-7 Arizona Cardinals. The losers in Tucson at State Farm Stadium fall to the league's worst record, and I am personally here for it. Um, we don't need to really cover this one. May- this one was maybe a little bit closer than what everybody anticipated it to be. Uh, it was 31 uh, to 15 with 2:15 left, and then was, Marquise Brown for, with a one-yard touchdown run or pass catch from Josh Dobbs. The two-point conversion failed. It was a 10-point game, and then Matt Prater kicked a. Th- Why? Why would he kick a? To, so he kicked the field goal because it was a 47 yards, 26 seconds left. Go ahead. He, so they got the field goal because they were covered in onside kick. There was an onside kick recovery for them. So they went three and out, kicked the field goal, go for another onside kick to try to score a touchdown to tie it. Mm. So that was that was kind of the premise there. This game really wasn't as close as the score says, to be completely honest. Um, from mm-hmm. a standpoint of I was never worried about this game, period. Um, the, the one thing I guess I, I want to talk about here is uh, Trey McBride, Zach Hurts hit the IR from a fantasy perspective. Man, mm, if big, this guy's yeah. on your way – well, actually, I can't even say that. I'm going to be honest. I can't even say that because we're going to cover a trade that happened with the Cardinals here in the next 20, 30 minutes, um, and Trey McBride may not be reliable because who knows who's going to be throwing him the ball. Um, oh, we know. We know who's going to be throwing him the football. Is is he coming off the IR? No. They've already announced they're going to start that uh, fifth-round pick. Oh, okay. Well, then, I mean, yeah, so I'm staying away from Trey McBride, but that kid looks good. Um, There wasn't – the Ravens really didn't have to do much. One thing that, to me, that clearly stands out is Gus Edwards is finally getting the carries that I've been screaming at you for him to get over Justice Hill Mm -hmm. since J.K. went down. Um, How do you feel – How do you feel that Justin Tucker missed his third field goal of the year? Um – I mean, granted, it was from 53 yards, but it was indoors. I don't like it, but at the same time, like, there had to be some regression at some point, right? Like, I mean, how, I mean, Tucker's been around the league for how many years now? Like, he's, I'm sorry, but. To be fair, all three of his missed field goals this year have been from 50 plus. Right. And he's only missed one extra point. But either way, I just wanted to give you a rib that, you know, he he biffed it. Anyway, let's move to Sunday Night Football. This one happened at SoFi Stadium, the asshole of California, where the Los Angeles Chargers 30, the Chicago Bears 13. Bears fall to 2-6. and six. Chargers improve to 3-4. and four. This was a sorely needed win for Brandon Staley and maybe another nail in the coffin for Matt Eberflus, whose job seems to be perennially on the line. I don't think Eberflus gets fired at all. I think Eberflus's job I think is he's a lot. I think he's a lot closer to the firing line this year than what people are saying. Uh, this one started with Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert hooking up, and then Simi, I'm not even going to – Fajeko? Fajoko? 
Fahiko, whatever. Uh, Nine-yard pass from Justin Herbert, who threw for three touchdowns on the night. Uh, the Chargers were up 17 to nothing on this one, and it never really got much closer than that. The Bears be added. With you here. Go ahead. This Chargers team still didn't look good. That's just how bad this Bears team is, and the D2 yeah, the, quarterback got exposed. Uh, yeah, Tyson Badgett, 25 for 37, 232, zero TDs, two interceptions. He also fumbled, but it was recovered by Chicago. Uh, Cole Komet, 10 catches, 79 yards. Huge for fantasy for me there. Uh, Chicago can't really run the football. They can't really pass the football. The stat line didn't look too bad for Badgett, other than the two interceptions. Oh, my God. There's one thing I didn't tell you. So that Daryl Mooney, the very first play of Sunday Night Football, did you see it? Uh, Refresh my memory. The pass down the sideline to Daryl Mooney, his one catch for 41 yards. He was never touched. He got up, kept running, and they called him down. Yes. Well, let me tell you a little bit of something about what I had. So I looked at the numbers. I was, I mean, Daryl Mooney finished with four targets this week, but the previous week he finished with like six or seven targets, mm-hmm. and he was getting peppered. Sure. Had a favorable corner matchup. I laddered him from 30 up to 80. He catches that ball and scores that touchdown. That's like a $700 swing. I mean, I still profit it because he went over 40, but, dude, I hate NFL referees. I'll give yeah. you guys my bad beat stories when I have them. They're, uh, they've had some questionable calls on a lot of them, a yeah, lot yeah. of them here this, this year. And I don't know if it's, like I said last week, I don't know if it's social media pointing out the bad beats that the referees are getting this, this year, but it seems like they've blown just so, so much. The Chargers, you said they didn't look on. I thought they looked great. Uh, the only one turnover, which was huge, and it was a fumble, and it wasn't by Herbert. It was by Austin Eckler. Uh, Austin Eckler, who had seven catches for 94 yards in the score, including 15 for 29 on the ground. The Chargers can't run the football, and that's something to be concerned about because they have to take some heat off of Justin Herbert, who went 31 for 40 for 298 and three scores. But still, I just, I mean, I I personally just don't think this Chargers, I think it's one of the, I mean, I think Brandon Staley should be fired. I think this team is also overrated. I also think the quarterback is overrated. One of the most overrated in the league. And I'm going to continue to say it as the season goes on. There were a lot of choices on what to watch yesterday. It being a sports equinox where all five major sports in America were being played But the game that a lot of people tuned in for, in fact, I believe the game you're going to find was a ratings cow, was the NFL's Monday Night Football Live from Ford Field, where the Detroit Lions clinched the NFC North 26-14 over the Las Vegas Raiders, who fall to 3-5. The Lions are up to 6-2. Dan, I said they clinched the North because of injuries, because of bad teams. We can can give the Lions the, the division champ being chip right um i think it's kind of hard not to to. with where they are how they look how the rest of that division looks um obviously don't get too complacent here and i don't think they will but i mean it it is what it is in a sense uh they were i mean the question is now is do they have a a legitimate shot at the number one seed having to play that division what 
at, at least three more times each, at least playing each one of those. Yeah, teams I believe least. so. And I, I'm not sure, but I think at least two of those games are at home, which it doesn't really matter. But still, um, you maybe have a little cause for concern, given the fact that the Lions did have to kick field goals on their first three drives. But this game wasn't oh my nearly God, they still as have the Bears twice and the Vikings twice and the this... Packers once. So five games. Uh, that's that's they're they're going to be a 13 win team if not they have more. The Broncos. The only two tough games that I guess you could say they have is they're at, they're in New Orleans and they're at the Cowboys. So really one tough game more or less. Yeah, I mean New Orleans may put up a fight depending on who shows up. They have the Chargers this week, so maybe, but I don't. Well, maybe the Chargers, Chargers yeah, team. too. But um, this game wasn't even as close as what the score indicated because. A 75-yard pick six on the opening drive for the Lions in the first half, or second half, I'm sorry, by Marcus Peters made this 16-14. But really, this was a 26-7 game. And the Lions, I felt, kind of dicked around to garbage time a little bit. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look good. 10 for 21, 126, and an interception. Um, The Raiders just aren't a good football team. Currently constructed, they're not. Um, we need to free Devontae Adams. Seven well, targets, one catch, 11 yards. I s- yeah, dude. Like, if, if I'm Devontae. They could have a one and a two for him. They could have if I'm Devontae, two. I, I may, I'm being completely honest here. If I'm Devontae, I may go to my financial advisor and be like, hey, do I really need the money for the rest of the season? Or can I just save my body for the rest of the year? Or do uh, I just phantomly roll my ankle to get Yeah, paid? I was going to say, I think he may have a phantom knee injury. Uh Jameer Gibbs, 26 for 152 and a score on the ground, 5 for 37 through the air. Craig Reynolds, seven or 14 for 74 on the ground, 1 for 12 through the air. So he he had a good uh, – the running attack in, in Detroit, they're okay. Uh, Sam, uh, I mean, yeah, they're, they're definitely good. And my right. thing is, is I, like, I hate seeing players get injured, but it's good to see Jameer Gibbs finally get some run that he deserves, uh, to be completely honest with you. like. The, the dude plays great and he's a good player and he's just not getting the, the run he deserves. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, six catches for 108 yards. Uh, Sam Laporta, he's a star and he's going to be a star for a lot of years going forward. Let's move on to our picks. Well, actually, let's update on how we finished this week. I finished 10 and 7. Dan was 12 and 5 overall in the years. I am 76 and 54. I just counted to make sure all of the stuff is correct. We were very wrong the last couple of weeks. Dan is now 84 and 46. He is eight full games ahead of me. Let's go on. Dan, Tennessee at Pittsburgh. We both picked Tennessee because fuck Pittsburgh. That's right. Miami's at Kansas City. I chose Miami. You picked Kansas City. Why did you pick Kansas City? Uh, this game's actually in Germany. And Germany, whatever. Who cares? Fuck you. I just, I don't know. I, I picked it to be different. Okay, fine. Uh, Atlanta's hosting Minnesota. Minnesota without their quarterback, with a new quarterback. Uh, we both picked Atlanta. Not 100% sure Tyler Heineke is our savior? Uh, actually, mark? I believe Desmond Ritter is confirmed the starter again this week. So this is kind so of So Tyler Heineke plays the second half. Got it. New Orleans out at I'm sorry, New Orleans hosts Chicago. We both picked New Orleans because, that's right, fuck Chicago. Green Bay is going to host the Rams. Well, that's not why I picked them, but. We both picked the Rams. New England is going to host Washington. 
No idea why I picked New England. Oh, yeah, now I remember. Because Washington traded away most of their good players on defense. In fact, their defensive line. All of their good defensive line players are now somewhere else. New England's going to capitalize on that. Why'd you take Washington? To be different? Uh, uh, kind of to be different. Also, I just think this Washington, I, I think this New England team is, is just going to continue to spiral. Fair enough. Uh, Baltimore hosts Seattle. We both take Baltimore. This is a sneaky pick. This is a sneaky, sneaky pick. Seattle could pull this one out. You have uh, Seattle absolutely five. could. If this was on the West Coast, I would definitely be taking. Uh, I would definitely would be pausing here. But, you haven't picked your survivor. Is this the week you pick Baltimore? Uh, I, I did pick my survivor. Oh, <laughs> brave man you are. <laughs> I actually, I, I kept it covered like that because I wanted to get a reaction out of you when we were uh, on the screen. Houston is hosting Tampa Bay. We both picked Houston. I have no idea. No, we didn't. I'm picking Tampa Bay. Call it a gut Dude, feeling. I, I'm not going to explain I, I it. Went, I went back and forth like three times. I changed it three times. I'll I'll stick with Houston. The CJ Stroud. I'm a CJ. I'm going to be a CJ Stroud believer. So I'm I'm a ride with with Houston here. Uh, Cleveland is going to host Arizona. We both picked Cleveland because we're picking against Arizona. Yes or no? Uh, definitely picking against Arizona here. Very well. Indianapolis is going to uh, Carolina. Cleveland is my survivor as well. Yeah, that's why I laughed as hard as I did. Indianapolis is my survivor, and Dan's pick as well, as they will beat the Carolina Hurricane or Panthers, probably beat the Hurricanes too, uh, in Carolina. The Giants are going to the Raiders. In Vegas, we both picked the Raiders because the Giants suck. Dallas yeah, and Philadelphia. Played, I would want to switch that. What's that? If Daniel Jones were to play, I would have wanted to switch that, to be completely honest. Dallas is going to Philadelphia. I picked Dallas, call it a gut feeling. I think Philadelphia may be hurting with Jalen Hurts. Buffalo is at Cincinnati. I picked Cincinnati. You picked Buffalo. I don't like picking Cincinnati, but I don't think I really had a choice. So I'm picking Buffalo because they're coming off the mini buy. Just being completely honest here. Uh, and then the Monday night football game, the Chargers are going to the Jets. Why in God's green creation do you have the New York Jets picked? Because that's Jets defense is one of the oh best. Oh my in the gosh! And All right. Fuck Justin Herbert. I want to see him get picked off six times. Fine, whatever. It's whatever. Now let's go to. Some filler time before to make ourselves one hour long. Dan, did you see that Matt Stafford's wife was irate because the rapper Blueface brought strippers to their Rams game and made it rain in front of children? Are you okay with that? Yes or no? Uh, no, not really. It's it's a bad look, right? Like you can't have that in the NFL. Uh, Dan, did you know Miles Garrett is the a part owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers? I didn't know that. Is that scary? Like, could you imagine being called into Miles Garrett's office to talk about your play? Like, that's got to be freaking terrifying. I mean, I don't feel like he's that type of owner. But still, could you imagine? Like, could you imagine you're just sitting like, oh, man, I got to go up to the owner's box. You know, I, I haven't been playing very well. They want to restructure my contract. And all of a sudden you walk in and you see the mountain of Miles Garrett sitting behind a desk in a suit that is probably four sizes too small. Did you know as if he breathes the wrong way, buttons will fly at supersonic speed? I mean, hey. I, I know he's like the, the nicest person ever, but still. 
Ed, did you know A.J. Brown set the NFL record for the most consecutive games with 125-plus receiving yards in Sunday's win? Does that streak continue this week? Who are they playing? Dallas. No. Uh, I think that's a bold call. Debo Samuel, you said it's the reason San Francisco looks exposed. I say it's because he's overrated. I say he's an overrated player. He has had one year where he was over 1,000 yards, and that was 2021 where he went for 77 catches for 1,405 and six touchdowns. All The rest of his seasons combined, he's had three, seven touchdowns. Okay? He's, his rookie year, he had 57 catches for 802 yards. That's been it. Um, I think he's overrated. Uh, well, I guess we'll see when he comes back. And I got one more for you. Just sure. because I'm a Ravens fan. God in, help you. In the year 2000, the Ravens were all best in the NFL with only allowing 970 rushing yards, 49 <sighs> taking ways, and 10.3 points per game. Going into last week, the Ravens also are best in the NFL at 13.9 points per game, only allowing 4.1 yards per, per play, and they lead the league in, with 29 sacks. Is this Ravens defense as good as the 2000 defense? I'm going to leave. I'm going to pose that question to you. My dad once told me when I was a kid that you could make statistics say anything you wanted them to say. If you read them in a convincing enough voice and you frame them in a historical context that fits your narrative. Well, I'm asking you for your opinion. You you watched both, God, you watched both no. defenses play. No. Okay. Absolutely not. The Browns defense is better than Baltimore's this year. That's a record say otherwise. I don't care. Eyeball test allowed say otherwise. I, I actually question, disagree you with you. You asked me a question about an eyeball test because I saw both of them together. And then when I give you an eyeball test answer, you tell me I'm wrong. You're a hypocrite, sir. And I am not going to stand for it. That's why I'm ending this show. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we'd like to thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team is not doing so hot, it can always be the players we named later, like Luke Gregerson, who can make it better. See ya!